It is Tuesday, June 13th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. The Denver Nuggets are NBA champions. And will VGK be next? Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. It's over! At last, the long wait is over. After 47 years, the Denver Nuggets can finally call themselves NBA champions. The Vegas lead is those Denver Nuggets. A 94-89 win over the Heat, their first title in franchise history. Yeah, this is uh, obviously historic. I'll say this. You guys correct me if you think I'm off base here. It felt like, with the exception of about a six- to seven-minute run in the fourth quarter, the Miami Heat were the better team last night. And they went on a stretch where I know it was at least five minutes scoreless, Mm -hmm. but it felt like six or seven minutes where it may have been four points. And that's where the Denver Nuggets took control of this game. Heat couldn't get it back late. But the Heat played about as good of a game as you could have asked from them, or, or the Nuggets played poorly enough in the, in the first half, shot poorly enough in the first half to make it seem like the Heat were playing really well. But this was, I think the Heat will look back at this game, unlike some of the other ones where they just got absolutely housed, the Heat can look back at this one and say, man, this is one we should have had. The Nuggets tried to give the game away. I mean, 10 turnovers in the first 12 minutes of the game. They missed 10 free throws, and they shot 5 for 28 from the three-point line. It felt to me like... Once they realized that this was the moment and they were the better team and that they could do it, they kind of choked, but they choked just a little enough where they were able to overcome it. Great performance from Jokic in the second half to seal the deal. You talked about the scoreless runs from Miami in, in the fourth quarter. It was in the first quarter and the fourth quarter. They had these long stretches of scoring droughts. And I think Stephen A. said it after the game. Jimmy Butler was not involved in this game. until the fourth quarter when he had that stretch of scoring 12 straight points for for the Heat. You can't win a game when the guy that you're relying on disappears for three quarters. Yeah, he was too cool for school. It seemed like the whole game he was kind of rope-a-doping it for a big fourth quarter, but you just need more from your superstar. Bam Adebayo, he had a great first half, 18 points, 9 rebounds, only 2 rebounds, 3 points in the second half. I feel like they needed more from Butler. Adebayo's gonna gonna be cold. For he's not an offensive guy. You know, he's not gonna put up forty in a game. Butler Butler was absent. You know, he he receives an eye incomplete for this game. It was it was maybe he's hurt, but I mean he's been hurt for three weeks. He's been hurt for a month. Uh, it just seemed like a, a disappointing performance. I'll give you another guy, and you know this is not a a, a household name, but Gabe Vincent in the last three games, all three losses. Six of 29 from the field, like kept shooting, just what couldn't make anything. Gabe Vincent, his, I don't want to say he shot them out of it, but man, some, at some point it feels like he kind of shot them out of this game. And this was, if you can believe it, like the worst three point shooting performance they had. And the nuggets were awful from three as well. We talked yesterday morning about the, the three-point shooting being the key here. And if you had told me 
that the Nuggets would be about eight percentage points lower than the Heat from three. I would have said, ooh, that's a good game for the Heat. Uh, well, the Heat shot 25.7%. The Nuggets shot 17.9% from three. The Nuggets couldn't make a three in the first half to save their lives. But the, Nug- the, the Heat just, they never found it again. After game two, they never found the shot again. All of the role players that you were saying, man, these guys could get hot. You never know what could happen. Uh, Gabe Vincent particularly just never could. Max Struess never could. Uh, we were told Tyler Hero, ready to go. We see him out there shooting pregame, and it's like, okay, let's see. What would you guys make of that? Complete uh, subterfuge, camouflage? It, I mean, camouflage, if it works, it, like, what's the point? I, I agree. I mean, they scored 89 points. Hard for me they wouldn't have done something different. Ninety-plus, maybe. Tyler Hero's if probably throw Tyler Hero out in the regular season. Is Tyler Hero what the second best, third best offensive second, player? Second best offensive player, I'd say, well, on the Heat. If he can play, why not have him play? Like, what's what's the downside? And I get it; he's he's rusty. Why not throw him out there, see what happens? Uh, again, he couldn't have been much worse than what Gabe Vincent was last night. Agree. Couldn't have been much worse than what Max Struess was last night. Really couldn't have been much worse than Kyle Lowry. Like, there were a lot of guys who got a lot of minutes and did a lot of nothing with them. Uh, you know, I maybe should mention Jimmy Butler in that conversation. And you got – you had Tyler Hero out there during warm-ups. Yeah, he was putting up shots during looked, warm-ups. He looked normal. He looked healthy. I mean, who knows? It, like, a, a basketball game is certainly different than pregame warm-ups. The total and the spread moved like, oh, Tyler Hero's playing. Like, it moved a complete point on the spread. It moved more than that on the total. The market thought, oh, this is going to be an upgrade for Miami, and it just never came to fruition. It, it, it didn't make sense not to at least test him and see what you've got. And as far as the Nuggets went, this was, again, I said yesterday, Jokic has to have a bad game. Not only did he not have a bad game, he had a phenomenal game. 12 of 16 from the field, 28 points, 16 boards and four assists. Uh, he was absolutely dominant on a night where – and nobody else was really shooting any anything from the field uh, for the Nuggets. You know, Aaron Gordon was awful. Uh, Porter was bad again. Contavious uh, Caldwell Pope, hey, went over his points prop, nice, uh, but inefficient. This was the Jokic show, and uh, he he really carried this team once again. And this is the first Finals MVP trophy that we're giving out since Bill Russell's passing. And he'd be incredibly pleased. It's another center. This year's Bill Russell Finals MVP goes to Nikola Jokic. This is maybe the most deserving yeah. Finals MVP. And, and in hindsight, I know it's easy to say in hindsight, uh, this was the NBA MVP. This was the best player in the league once again this year. Unanimous, 11-0. Was the voting yes. for the NBA so we Finals our bets with RJ. MVP a unanimous what was the bet? Uh, we had if the Nuggets win, I had minus two thousand. You had minus four thousand. Doesn't yeah. matter now. Doesn't matter. It all cashes. We bet that Jokic wouldn't be, in fact, be the MVP if the Nuggets won. So what's the payout on this? Ten bucks. Yep. Okay. I would have owed two hundred ten, but I don't. And I would have owed like yeah. I think it was minus three thousand. You would have had to take out a loan. Yeah, uh, but it was <laughs> uh, it was ten bucks. 
and now lunch is going to be uh, on RJ and Fezzik. That's nice. So, you that could argue nice. the only reason this game was close was because Jokic had foul trouble in the first quarter. Missed five minutes. They, they were outscored by nine during that stretch. Can we talk about, like, just the refs in general? It I was thought, an insane game. I thought they were horrible. Like, there, was, there was people flying. There was a lot of stuff going on. That three with Jimmy Butler at the end, it just seemed wild. I don't even know if it was, like, a like bad one way or the other. It just was a wild, uncontrolled the, game. The non-call on the Struess dunk, like, that he slaps the hand. Like there was You're running. You're full sprinting, hoping you can foul him. That's <laughs> yeah, the goal of that so, play. There were so many non-calls and then And BS a foul calls. that got called on Kyle Lowry where... I saw the replay a hundred times, and there was no foul. There was no foul to be made. Mm -hmm. There was some weird stuff going on, no doubt. Uh, Two points scored in the fourth quarter from the nine-minute mark to the four-and-a-half-minute mark. Just people running around, throwing bodies. It was kind of crazy. It was kind of fun. What do you make of what I kind of led this with, McKenzie? Do you agree that the Heat felt like they were they should have won this game if it wasn't for that five six minute run at the end of the or in the middle of the fourth quarter? It felt like the Heat were the better team. Yes, I'm talking about how the Heat have won, and this was the blueprint, just causing your offense to completely self combust. And it worked against Milwaukee, came back in the fourth quarter a bunch of times, worked against Boston, no points in the fourth quarter, games one and two. And this was the game where they actually flummoxed Denver. Maybe because Jokic missed some time. Jamal Murray didn't have it. Aaron Gordon had foul trouble. This was the game they absolutely defensively put themselves in position to win. Jimmy Butler didn't carry, carry him through, though. Yeah, 938 in the fourth to 429 in the fourth. Zero points for the Miami Heat. Give me that, something. That just cannot happen. And like I said, in a game where they were maintaining like a steady – five to nine point lead for a good majority of, of this game. Like it, they, they took control early and it just, it, it was maintaining around that five to seven points until right around the start of the fourth quarter. And then you had that dry spell where the heat just vanished and it, that was deadly for them. And they talked about, Jokic talked about this after the game. He said when, when he was interviewed by Lisa Salters, on the court, it said it was defense. You know, they scored only 90 points. You know, they scored 89. But that's how you win a game. That's how you win this game. Uh, he also had the greatest quote where he said, um, you know, good, uh, what is it? Good job. Good job. Now we get to go home or something like that. I mean, he, he's literally <laughs> punching a time clock. He's like, hey, I did my job. I'm yeah. out of here. He, like, I got to go feed my horses. It really is. I mean, he's a fascinating superstar character. Like, he's unlike really any other NBA superstar we've ever seen. There's no look at me, 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 me. Because even going back to, like, you can go back to the 80s, and guys like Larry Bird and Magic Johnson were still pointing at themselves. Yeah, like, they were very, very much looking for that spotlight. It's been decades since we had a player of this caliber who seemingly shuns the spotlight, at least the uh, the individual spotlight. He just wants to win basketball games and go home, which is uh, in a way refreshing, but at a minimum, it's it's way different than what we're used to in the NBA. So let's talk about this team moving forward. We mentioned it yesterday morning about how they're the team to bet to win the finals again next season. And I think the latest I saw, Mackenzie, correct me if I'm wrong, their odds actually went down to win the NBA Finals. They what you said was plus five hundred. Now it's at plus four seventy five. I'm seeing. Oh, so you mean increase the likelihood? I always get those two mixed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's yes. interesting. At the beginning of the finals, and Westgate's a great book that's very accurate with their lines. Celtics were six to one. Nuggets were six to one. Now the Nuggets are the clear favorites, and it's going to be the same across the board at every book. Uh, they got upgraded a point and a half just from this series. They continue to get upgraded. They weren't close to the fi- to the 
favorites entering these playoffs. Mm-hmm. Now same roster to the favorites entering the regular season. It makes sense. This team is so good. Jokic is not going, you know, he, he's, the only thing that you have to worry about, I guess, is a possible hangover, right? A team accomplishes something that they've never accomplished before, right? Contavious Caldwell-Pope was the only player on this roster that had ever won anything, right? Yep. And so how do you now react? Do you rest on your laurels? Do you take your time off, celebrate all summer, and then come into camp maybe out of shape? Or is this the start of a potential dynasty where next year they're going to be favored to win? They are favored to win. And if they can get back to the NBA Finals next year, and then maybe this continues to grow into something. If they have a chip on their shoulder, again, it reminds me a lot of the 15 Warriors where it's like, yeah, they got lucky. Kyrie got hurt in the finals. You know, they're good, but what are they going to do going forward? They won their first 25 games of the season. That's the kind of statement that the Warriors made. This is a similar makeup. Three guys under 26 or under 28, Jokic, Murray, and Porter. I feel like they still have a lot to prove, and they're going to do it. So if you Porter had to make a bet. mix is so weird yeah. to me. If he, you was had- a gonna, he was a higher draft prospect than Luka Doncic and DeAndre Ayton. It's wild. It's, I mean, he, he was he has all the talent, all the skills. Uh, he didn't really put it together in this series. If you had to make a bet for next season, Denver Nuggets over under three seed in the Western Conference, what would you say? Over. They're better than three seed. Yeah, they're, they're top three matters. seed. So they're, you, you think a lot of questions. Finishing top, of the top three seed. Yes. I, I think it's almost a lock. Okay. Because like we we said yesterday, every other team in the Western Conference that you would consider a contender. Mm-hmm has a gigantic question mark, except for the Nuggets. I, I don't know if I want to bet the Nuggets to win the, the finals next year because I, I don't think that they got the best the Eastern Conference could offer this year. And had the Nuggets played the Celtics or the Sixers or the Bucks, maybe it's a different conversation, maybe it's a different series. But I, I don't see any reason to believe the Nuggets aren't at least in contention for the Western Conference title again next season. And this is this blew my mind when I was reading this this morning. There's 30 teams in the NBA. There are now 10 teams that have yet to win an NBA title. That's crazy to me that such a high percent, 33% of the teams have never teams. won a yeah. title. Yeah. We, we don't need the Orlando Magic. Well, we talk teams. about this. We talk about this at the beginning of every year. There's only five teams each year that can win the title. Yeah. Oh, like that's it. <laughs> of the 10 that haven't won. All right, let me see if I can get them. Okay. okay. Ready? Good, yeah. Here's a reminder, though. Of the 10 that haven't won, uh-huh. only five have even appeared in an NBA Finals. There's okay. five teams who have never been to a Finals. Okay, so McKenzie already labeled one of them the Orlando Magic. That's one. Have never won a title. Two Finals appearances, zero titles. Two, oh, okay. Yeah, I was right. They they went there with uh, with Shaq and then once with Dwight Howard, right? Exactly. Yeah, okay. Uh, Charlotte Hornets. Uh, that is one. No finals appearances. All right, that's no. Bold prediction, the Hornets will never make an NBA final. Ever in your whole life. We're going to have, like, pyrotechnic technology, live 300 years, and they'll be like, There'll be holograms playing (laughs) before the Hornets make it. Okay. You know, the the Charlotte Bobcats also never went to an NBA final. They did not. Um, I'm going to say the Indiana Pacers. Pacers? Never. Never. Last NBA Finals appearance, the year 2000. In the the year year 2000. 2000. That was a great bit. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so now what do we have? We have three. That's three. three. We're three for three. We're three for three. We're doing well. The New Orleans Pelicans. That is another one. Zero finals appearances. Zero finals appearances of the New Orleans Pelicans. This is, is, by the way, the Scott (laughs) figures it out. Yes. Welcome to Scott figures it out. 
The Memphis Grizzlies. Correct. Zero finals appearances. Uh, how many we Big to? country. How, uh, they we are up it. to five. That's Grizzlies, half of Pelicans, them. Magic Hornets, Pacers. The Minnesota Timberwolves. That is another. Zero finals appearances. Okay. Three, four more. There's one more team with zero finals appearances you haven't guessed. There's a team with zero finals appearances. And they have been one of the five or six most successful teams in the NBA in the last 10 years. With zero finals appearances? Zero finals appearances. Clippers. Get them there. Yep. Clippers. The Clippers. Zero finals appearances. Yeah. So that leaves four teams who have been to the finals. But haven't won it. Haven't won it. The Oklahoma City Thunder. They've they been, to the been to the finals and have not won but it. But they have not won it. Correct. Yeah. So we're good. Okay. Uh, and does that also counts for the Seattle Supersonics. Yes. There you go. Um, been to the finals and haven't won it. You're down to three. Okay. Sacramento Kings. Yes. They've never won it. Ooh, we, oh, wait, but wait, no, no. In they the have won or something? it. They, were they the, have won it. Well, Kansas, the what, Kansas, no, what the Kansas City, right? The Kings, 1951, NBA champions. Okay, yep. so I got that wrong. All right, we got, one, we got one wrong. We got one wrong. They definitely in fact, in the Thunder in 1979, as the Sonics won the title. True. So they do not count. Okay, so they don't count. All right, We're so Thunder there. don't count. All right, yeah, yeah. all right. I forgot it. The Sonics did win the title. Um, I mean, the Wizards, no. The Bullets won a title, right? Bullets won a title. Yeah, Bullets won a title. Um, I'm going to go with the next guess is going to say the... Damn, this is hard. Think about the 1990s teams that probably should have titles, but Michael Jordan didn't allow it. It's a good one. There's two of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the there's two. Yep. That really? Yeah. Um. Uh, they, I don't know. Um. One of them got kind of uh, gypped when it, when Amari Stoudemire stood up on the bench. The Spurs ended up winning the title that year. A lot of people said the Suns should have. Oh, the Suns. There you go. When, when I say the Suns, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a pretty big way to give Phoenix that away. Suns. Good job. Three Good finals job. appearances. Three finals appearances. Zero titles. Zero titles. Okay. Another team that, again, Jordan knocked out. Their last finals appearance was 1998. 98 finals appearance was the uh, Utah Jazz. That's okay. correct. Yeah. And the so final one. The of their day. You could argue that if Kevin Durant had a smaller shoe, the Brooklyn Nets. The, the Brooklyn Nets. But did they win an ABA title? That doesn't count? Nope, doesn't count. <laughs> Does not no. count. So that is 10 franchises with zero NBA Finals championships. The Nuggets now off that dastardly list, uh, winning their first championship here. I know you. it's hard to believe, Scott. I know you knew this. So The Knicks have won a title. Of like, I know it's a, <laughs> Multiple titles. In New York. Um, so now let me ask you the question. Of those teams that we just labeled, mm. Who's the first one to win a title? It's the Suns. It's got to be the Suns. Well, yeah, yeah they have the best I mean, odds. They're, they're the fourth favorite to win it this next year. Yeah. Uh, although, right. listen, the, the Suns, the the Clippers, and the Grizzlies all seem on the right track right now. Uh, a lot of these teams, when you look at the Magic and the Hornets and the Pelicans. It, the Magic like, will never win a title. The Hornets will it, never it win a like title. It feels like it's never going to happen. The Pelicans will never win a title. Ownership is the biggest differentiator in the NBA. The Suns and the Clippers bought those teams with the intention of winning the title. The Hornets, I'm not sure who bought it for Michael Jordan. Wasn't their intention. I'll tell you that right now. And it's hard for me to say the Magic will never win because they've been so close a couple times. You never know. Like it, It's clear that, I mean, if you can get to two NBA finals in a sh- really a, a, a relatively short history. Yeah. 
You know, th- I'll make you a bet that the Las Vegas expansion franchise wins the title before the Orlando Magic. <laughs> it's a, it, where's the button? Push the button. That's a, that's a deal. We'll have we'll have that. All right. Although the bet is null and void if Orlando in fact relocates and becomes the Las Vegas franchise. Understood. Okay. <laughs> okay. So tough to litigate. Yeah. Mac, the Denver Nuggets next season. Like, is there any, is there anything that you see that could keep them from being in the same position a year from now? No, because this was the game where they kind of showed their their rookies on the biggest stage. Isaiah Thomas made a good point. The Heat have lost in NBA Finals before. The Denver Nuggets have never won it, and it really looked like that in Game Six. The team was ready for whatever Miami, where Denver really spit all over themselves for much of this game. But they're that talented, and they're that well coached, well orchestrated. They're going to be in this for a long time to come. Let's talk about. Jim Butler, who is known as a guy who can just put everything on his shoulders and take over a series, take over uh, the playoffs, was not particularly good in this series, was not particularly good against the Celtics. What are your thoughts on how this series affected what we think of Jimmy Butler long-term as a guy – as a an A side yeah. on a championship roster, can Jimmy Butler still be that, or is that ship sailed? It's a good question because before these playoffs, I don't think many people would make the argument that he is that A chip, Embiid, Jokic level talent. And then he rose to that level for about two weeks. And then if you look at his stats, yeah, you say, oh, since his ankle injury, he's not the same. His stats: twenty three points per game, average shooting. That's been his playoff profile for most of his career. So do I think he's better than that? Do I think he kind of did wear down as late as the playoffs were on? Yes. But I don't think – I think we were a little too quick to, to give him uh, all those flowers. So You know, I did score a million points in the first round. I was going to say, could it be that Buck series just was – that was the anomaly, him having like I just think that's more likely. fireball yeah. series that made him look incredible when, in fact, he's just a, he's a really solid player. Top ten player in the league. I think that he needs to be paired up with another superstar. Yeah, as and, most – Top 10 players in the and, league, and, top 15 players. And, I, I think he needs to be paired with a player who's better than him, in fact. Like, I don't know if Jimmy Butler can be the best player on a championship team. Like, yeah. it's – if Jimmy Butler's your second best guy and Bam is your third best guy, damn, that's a, that's a squad. But they just don't have, to me – So you're saying they're going to get Damian Lillard. In the that, well, that's the guy. A lot of people are talking about If If Damian Lillard goes to the Miami Heat, the Miami Heat have a chance to go back to the NBA Finals. But if they don't – What do the Miami Heat have to offer for Damian Lillard? Nothing, really. Like you That's can't, the tough part. you can't throw Duncan Robinson out there. Like there was Pat a time, Riley's smile. There was a time when you could throw Duncan Robinson out as a big trade chip, and it was like, ooh, that's interesting. Now it's not. He's massively overpaid. Like there's nobody on this roster who is really good and very underpaid that could make it interesting. I, although I do agree, the Blazers having the third pick in the draft certainly could make this a, an opportunity for them. Like if they were to get Scoot, yeah, the th- th- it could be a reset for them. But I don't know if the Heat have the assets to get a guy like Dame Lillard. And if they get him, you know, obviously you got to keep him healthy. Suddenly I'm interested in Miami next year. But, man, it just seems like a a, yeah. a, lo- a long bridge to get over before they can be in that conversation. In about six days, they can offer the 2030 first-round pick. So they got that going for them. Oh, well, that yeah. seems valuable right now. Certainly. What about uh, just looking at some unrestricted free agents out there? Nikola Vucevic? No. Again, we need a guy better than Jim Butler. Okay, okay. I mean, all-star level player, you know. Him and Bam Adebayo, certainly formidable front court. He could Uh, help. He's probably a younger Kevin Love at this point. Yeah. 
Help around the edges. But uh, it doesn't make him a title winning no. team, I, I don't think. Fred Van Vliet? No. No. He, I mean, he might be someone you player. can get because he's a free agent. Yeah, yeah he opted out yesterday. Uh, for, you know, He's not going to be in Toronto next year, apparently. Well, they, already, they already got Kyle Lowry. You can reunite the two. Yeah, oh, boy. <laughs> championship backcourt. I don't know how much longer Kyle Lowry's got for this league. Uh, that's certainly yeah. up, up for debate as well. So, uh, the Heat are an interesting case study because again, a year ago they were the best regular season team. This year they they sort of over. I shouldn't say sort of. They 100 percent overachieved come playoff time. I don't know that the Heat are really a championship roster. I think the Heat are a really well coached team with a good roster. Which makes them certain it makes them dangerous, but I don't know if it makes them a, a championship contender for real. Mackenzie, you mentioned ownership as one of the reasons for success here, and and when you talk about which teams could win the title amongst the teams that have not, you talk about Stan Kroenke, the owner of the Denver Nuggets. Has there been a better ownership run over a three year span across any sport that we've seen from Stan Kroenke? Kroenke Sports and Entertainment. Owns the L.A. Rams, who won the Super Bowl a couple seasons ago. The Colorado Avalanche, who won the Stanley Cup last year. And the Denver Nuggets, who won the NBA championship last night. Is there a better ownership run? Uh, I would say that the New York Yankees in the late 90s, 2000. uh, George Steinbrenner had a pretty good run. I would say that the uh, the Chicago Bulls had a pretty good run. I was thinking that too, but... It's still three, three and three years. This is what three and two. Years. I get the the New York Islanders had four and four years, right? So okay, not bad. I think yes. When you talk about a dynasty winning year after year, you talk Robert Kraft has had a great run yeah. as owner of the Patriots. But let's talk about diversifying your portfolio. It, it's incredible, right? And having multiple outs because there's different revenue streams, right? When you know if one of your teams wins a title, and yes, they do it every year. Okay, that's where your revenue is is going to be at its peak. But now we're talking about getting the hockey revenue or getting the basketball, getting football. Football is obviously the king. But that's like, I don't know. To me, that just seems like it's one hell of a three-year span for any owner. Here's my favorite thing. I tweeted that out yesterday that Stan Kroenke has now won in the last three years with the Rams, the Avalanche, and the Nuggets. And almost every reply to that tweet was – yeah, but Arsenal sucks ass. <laughs> like, so, sorry, he can't win every single trophy. By the way, they were, like had one of the best seasons in the last. Well, they years apparently they suck ass. <laughs> they can't beat City because, by the way, ownership—that's probably the best owner. They in suck sports. ass. All right. They spend billions of dollars, two billions of dollars on City. They win everything, and now they just bought the golf league. So that owner, Saudi <laughs> Prince or whatever, I think he's winning as well. That's hilarious. I mean, there's a lot of. Uh... I mean, Fenway Sports Group that, you know, the John, John Henry, they own um, Liverpool. Yep. Right? And then, obviously, the Red Sox and, and whatever. Um, you know who's, like, tried to have that run? Ryan Reynolds. Well, Wrexham. <laughs> um, but the, the, the group that owns the, um, the, the Sixers, right? Don't they own, they own the Sixers? With and, the Fanatics guy? Yes. They own, they own the... Um, the New Jersey Devils as well. Harris uh, Harris Blitzer Sports and Entertainment. They own the Devils, the Prudential Center, the Sixers. So, like, they could have had a run this year. But they didn't. Exactly. But they have two teams that are right up there in terms of getting to the championship and good odds to win a championship in the next year or so. They'll always have the MVP of the 2022-2023 regular season. 
who cares? <laughs> <laughs> but that would be an example of an owner that has two teams that have the chance to uh, win in multiple sports. I really team the guys that own the Bills also own the Buffalo Sabers. Uh, well, I, the Sabers know. don't have a chance to win ever. So, yeah, well, ever. they're all right. I mean, you can, you can talk about Dolan and the Rangers and the Knicks, but '94 uh, was a great year. James Dolan '94. How about that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that the, the Rangers, Madison Square Garden group. Rangers, yeah. Rangers won the cup in '94. Knicks lost in the NBA Finals. That was a good run for James Dolan '94. Team baby. Although I don't think James Dolan owned the team in '94. I was gonna say, it doesn't seem like very. <laughs> no, Dolan I think um, I think he he bought it. I think cable right vision, at the top. No, I think Cablevision used to own the, uh, the 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 Knicks back in the day, and I think he bought it in. Oh, I guess Dolan was a part of Cablevision, but I, I don't think Dolan became Dolan like majority. Owned, started owning it in 1997. Yeah. Um, Jerry Reinsdorf though owns the White Sox still. Cubs. And, uh, I mean, um, and uh, the Bulls. Bulls, Bulls and yeah. he's got championships with both, mm-hmm. although not in the same year. But uh, yeah, this it, isn't—it's not unprecedented, but in such a short span, it's pretty impressive. Certainly, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained, and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin. You know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it and it's so easy here Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ. It's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped the board as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1. Because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality. And I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. The NBA season ended last night. Will the NHL season end tonight? The Vegas Golden Knights on the cusp of hoisting Lord Stanley's Cup. Uh-oh. They are minus 170 favorites I'm, to I'm win tonight. I'm minus 180, minus 190. This is the same team that was minus 120 a week and a half ago. What's yep. going on? Momentum. 
Lady Momentum. I, if you really think about it, if the Panthers don't score with three under three minutes left in game three, I mean, this series is over. I mean, Vegas has outplayed them in all four games. Sergey Bobrovsky certainly returned to his form over the last two games in, in Florida, but can he duplicate that with the series now shifting back to Vegas, or will he be the goaltender that we saw in Vegas in games one and eventually getting pulled in game two? Here's the thing. The the Knights are averaging over four goals per game. Mm-hmm. The Panthers have yet to score four goals in a game. The Panthers have like our odds. yet to score three goals in a game. Uh, they won, they scored three in the game that they won. That's what I'm, well, I'm, more than three. Yeah, yeah. so that's uh, – well, that would be four. Wow. Uh, so – yeah, I don't see a path really. I, I, I and think good that, call, McKenzie, in regulation. I think that the Knights are just playing on a different level right now. Uh, you you saw it in, in the Dallas series. You start them kind of to start to separate themselves, uh, and there was a lot. Again, we we've made a lot of uh, comparisons between this Miami Heat team and the Florida Panthers, like a team that nobody thought was supposed to be here, got hot at the right mm-hmm. time. Ran into a juggernaut at the end. The team that was maybe supposed to win, and Vegas was uh, it, there. Was there was a reason why they came into these playoffs as best team in the Western Conference, or, or one of the best teams in the Western Conference, and it, it feels now like they're starting to separate themselves. Uh, it feels like they're the team that's supposed to win, and the Panthers much like the Miami Heat, feels like maybe they've kind of run out of steam. I think we will see, you're right, a similar performance that that we saw from the Miami Heat where they fought early, but eventually they faded. The atmosphere, I can tell you this, the atmosphere at T-Mobile Arena tonight will be unlike anything you've ever seen. First off, tickets are going for Super Bowl prices. It's insane. Right? It, Insa- standing room only tickets are like $1,300. That's crazy. To yeah. stand up. And watch hockey. And buy a $20 beer. $1,300. Just to get in the building tonight, it's 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 incredible. But it's history. This yeah. is, Just like it was history for the Denver Nuggets to win their first ever title, this is history. The Golden Knights. My city, man. Who are on the cusp of winning the first title in franchise history, albeit a much shorter franchise history. Pretty interesting, though, when, when Bill Foley, when the team first started in 2018, he said, we're going to win the Stanley Cup. And he said the, the goal was playoffs in three. Stanley Cup in six, and like that, that we're right on pace. (laughs) So you look at the odds, as Mackenzie mentioned, you can see there's even higher than 170. 170 might be the best line you're going to get out there, but you can get 180, 190 because Vegas is heavily favored. Total is six. It is juiced to the under. And for the Conn Smythe Award, the MVP of the postseason, Jonathan Marshall minus 400. Wow. Aiden Hill is your second favorite at plus 900. Jack Eichel plus twelve hundred. Yeah, it seems like it's locked up. It seems like it's March assaults to to lose, and and I don't even think he can lose it because twenty four points, which matches the most out of any player in the entire postseason. Uh, Thirteen goals. He did not score a goal in the last game, which what was a loser. Which was a shocker. Chandler Stevenson scored t- twice. That he took one of the goals from March assault. But um, you still look at that game, and Marchessal did have an assist on the William Carlson goal, so he did still get on the score sheet. He's been on the score sheet in every game of this Stanley Cup final, and no one's been hotter than him. I don't see it's – I'm not going to say it's like Jokic or whatever, but I, I just don't see anybody winning it besides Marchessal. Even if, even if Aiden Hill has a 37-save shutout tonight, 
I still think March Assault winds up being the Conn Smythe winner. What are the Golden Knights to win the series? And how does that line up with March Assault? So Golden Knights to win the series are minus, minus 1,400. So maybe some value on March Assault. And March Assault is minus 400 right now. Uh, so minus 170 tonight, minus 1,400, though, to win the series. I, I think they get it done tonight. And I would not be surprised if we see an over game. So we saw the tight game in game three and in game four as the series shifted back to Florida. Florida, the only way that they would have a chance is if they kept it low scoring, which they did for the most part. There was a barrage of goals in the uh, in the second period of game number four. And in fact, an empty net with an opportunity to push the total of six, no empty net goals here. If there's a lead at any point, with about four minutes left in this game. doesn't matter if it's a one-goal lead or a two-goal lead. I mean, the, the goal is going to be out for Florida. And Vegas is going to have a chance. I don't know if they play the whole keep away and just dump it down and try not to hit the empty net, or do they try and set up some of their teammates to get some milestones, get on the score sheet, and just say, hey, I scored a goal in a Stanley Cup final game. Maybe somebody that hasn't scored, and you're thinking, hey, wouldn't it be cool to to, to get this guy to score a goal? Udonis and, Haslam rolls out there for Yeah, some something like that. Like, like I, I don't know who hasn't scored in this series that they would want to uh, – they would want to get a goal for maybe like an Alec Petrangelo or, or, or something like that. But um, certainly like a guy that's been with the team forever, maybe one of the original misfits they want to kind of uh, get a goal for. Petrangelo wouldn't be that guy. But you understand what I'm trying to say. Maybe there's like a sentimental thing that they do right. at the end of the game. So I think that they do get an empty net goal. I would play the over. And since it's juiced to the under, shop around. Because if you can find a five and a half, that would be the play for me. If you see a five and a half out there, go over five and a half at six. It's kind of, you know, whatever. Um, but there are five and a half. Circa five and a half over minus 120. Uh, let's see. Let's see. We got. Oh, that's a slam dunk play. Westgate five and a half minus 125. Bookmaker five and a half minus 25. So the minus 120 is better than Bookmaker. Yeah. You're off the half number. Give me that number. Yeah. Official play. Over five and a half. Game, game five tonight at Circa for Golden Knights against the Panthers. And how about we do an Vegas money line and over five and a half? Here's what I like about that. What I like about the over particularly. It's correlated to Vegas winning. There's going to be a lot of – if Vegas has a lead, there's going to be a lot of empty net time. That's what I just said. Yeah, yeah, like, four goals a game. Yeah, it, could, yeah. it could just – it could get out of hand uh, late in these games because they're not – like if, if they score – if they they could be down three and still have their goalie out. They're not going to quit. Mm-hmm. They're not going to quit. So, yeah, I, I like that play as well. If the Knights win tonight, they will be the fastest expansion team to win the Stanley Cup – do you know who the previous fast team was, Scott? The Florida Marlins. That no. is not a hockey team. The though. Anaheim Mighty Ducks. No, it was Ooh. the Philadelphia Flyers who oh, won. That count. Who won in year that. six? Uh, their first season was 67-68. First championship 73-74. Now that the, doesn't count. There are uh, there's an NBA team and a Major League Baseball team that did it. In faster time, McKenzie, the NBA team that won, the fastest expansion team to win an NBA title. 
<laughs> I, I'm drawing a blank here. Man, it seems like every, all the old haunches always win. That's probably what it is. It's, got, it's gonna be an old franchise. It's man. gonna be like the Lakers. Yeah. It'll be the pre-Lakers. It'll be a guy named Lou Alcinder yeah. who took oh, the, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Milwaukee okay. Bucks yep. from the worst team in the league in 1969 to the championship in 1971. They were bums in 1969. I hated their coach. And Scott, the mm-hmm. fastest expansion team in Major League Baseball history. To win a World Series? To win a World Series. Oof. You probably watched it in much dismay. The Arizona Diamondbacks. The Arizona Diamondbacks, 2001. Yeah. Gonzalez, that blooper over the middle. Why weren't the middle infielders playing back <laughs> from the double play? Like, why was the whole infield in? There's a runner on absurd, first. Less than isn't two it? Outs. Absurd. You put Jeter back, and he catches that There's blooper. There's not a day goes by where I don't ask myself that same question. They won in their fourth <laughs> season uh, in 2001. So VGK, uh, hopefully tonight, going to join some good company. The best team in baseball wins again as the <laughs> Oakland up. Athletics defeat the Tampa Bay Rays 4-3. James Caprillion winning his second game of the season. The second with, start in a row. The team with the worst record in the league beat the team with the best record in the league. And now let me update my math on the money line rollover. If you would have placed your money line bet on the Oakland A's at the start of this six game winning streak and rolled it over every game, you would now be up $5,852.61. You took that $1,800 and you said, risk it all. You said, risk it all. After, yes, you said, risk it all. And you know what? If you do it again, you're going to be here homeless. today. <laughs> Well, even if you win this, like if you make that decision, you have a pattern of that will lead you home. Yes, that would be quite the uh, quite the risky wager. The Oakland A's are hosting the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, no announced pitcher yet for Tampa, which means it's going to be a bullpen day, and it looks like Hogan Harris, Hogan's heroes, made up the start for Oakland. Here's the question: How many games in a row would the A's have to win? for them to be favored in a game. Like, if they won eight straight <laughs> games, nine straight games, would they be favored in that 10th They game? won nine straight. So I'm looking at their schedule. And they're playing the Rockies. So I'm looking at their schedule. Here we go. Who's after the Rays? After this four-game series against the Rays, they're home for three games against Philadelphia. <sighs> Unlikely. Zero Unlikely. favored. Unlikely. Even though the Phillies aren't very good. They've got a losing record. Now they will be – then they go to Cleveland – and the one game where I think we could see something that's interesting would be Paul Blackburn versus Tristan McKenzie Wednesday the 21st. Because Paul Blackburn is, like, the best pitcher for the A's. He was their all-star last year. Uh, he's is coming... he the one the Astros had to give a ride to the all-star game because the A's didn't send a plane for him? That could possibly be him. Uh, he's coming off six shutout innings against the Brewers in his last start. Oh, that was only his third start of the season because he started the year on the IL. So uh, he's only made three starts, but his last one was his best one. So Blackburn on the road against Cleveland, who can't really hit. Tristan McKenzie. Uh, also, so you're saying there's a chance. It, it'll also be McKenzie's third start of the season because he's only made a couple of starts. Actually, he'll start earlier than that. But anyway, um, that could be intriguing. Looking down the, the further down the list, they have a, they have a three game series in Detroit, July fourth, fifth, and sixth. No, no mm-hmm. at favorite. They're not yeah. road favorites. This is not a road favorite type squad. All right. In but the if they won 10 games in a row, they'd have to be, right? Now, in the second yeah, half, maybe. they have three games in Colorado at the end of July. Maybe. 
Maybe they have three games at the Nationals in August. Here we go. Monday, August 21st. Tuesday the 22nd, Wednesday the 23rd, they host the Kansas City Royals. Oh, there's they'll be favored in one of those games. That could Especially if they don't lose between now and then. That yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That could be it. Uh if you're looking this season, um the Oakland A's have actually been a favorite in one game. And they lost. And they lost. 0 and 1 as a favorite in that game. The the worst seasons in MLB history, like it, I guess it, we're talking the 162 game series. Like is the the record considered those Detroit Tigers, the 43 and 119 2003 Detroit Tigers? Yeah, that's the worst record. I, I mean, the A's they they may have just broken pace of that. Like it felt like they were gonna they were cruising to crush it, six straight wins. Now it's like it's in doubt. What's happened here? They, they're hot. Will they still be the worst team in the history of Major League Baseball is the question. What's the record again? They're currently 18 and 50. The record is 43 and 119. I think they're going to I think they're going to I think second they're, worst of all time. I think they're going to win I think they're going to win 50 games. Ooh. 50 and 112. Yeah. God, which would be which games. would be dreadful. Make no mistake, that would be pretty bad. But not historically bad. Right now, if you're going to be bad, be historically bad. I always say. I think. Let me check the 538 uh, projections right now. That 538 is bullshit. It's going to say they're winning 60 games. 53 and 109. Uh, they ain't winning 53. They've been taken down by those projections, even with the six-game win streak. So, oh, yeah. Fangraphs projections: 59 wins. Oof. Yeah, they Fangraphs has them going. 41 and 53 the rest of the way. No way. Okay, so here, not gonna happen. here's the question. <laughs> the 2018 Baltimore Orioles, and this is like from in the last 70 years, 80 years will go. The Baltimore Orioles finished the furthest out of first place, 61 games, all the, going all the way back to 1942. Mm-hmm. Is it possible the A's finish – more than 61 games out of first place Impossible. with the Rangers and the Impossible. Astros. Impossible. Okay. If they win 50, you'd have to win 111. That's yeah. like the Impossible. Okay. Of all time. All right. Even if they win 40, you know, it's just it's not happening. You don't think it's you don't think the Rangers or Astros could win 104? Right now they're 24 and a half games back. You're telling me that they're going to drop another 20 something games behind? Well, consider we're not even halfway through the season. Yeah. If the second half plays out anything like the first half, then yes, they would double that. Right. I, I, I think though, on I, pace, guy would say yes, it's entirely possible. I think that they will not. Was it forty-eight and a half games? That what it was no sixty-one games. The record is sixty-one games. Yeah, there's no sixty-one. Even if they double this twenty-four and a half, that's still only fifty. It's <laughs> forty-nine. <laughs> Imagine finishing sixty-one games out of first place. Sixty-one. Games. What was first place that year? 107 wins? And what, what would have been, uh, no, it would have been 108. 108 wins? Yeah. yeah. See, look how close I was. And yeah. what year was it? 2018. Yeah. Look how close I was. 107. Oof. 100. You know, I like that. That would have pace. been the, uh, the Boston Red Sox, 108 and mm-hmm. 54. Because mm-hmm. five years later, the Orioles are decent. Five years, Aces are going to be in Las Vegas. I mean, the Athletics, they're going to be That's decent. right. And Shane Langoliers is going to be the major league leader in home runs. I can't wait. Yeah. Let's take a look at the rest of the schedule coming up here for your We've got to get Tuesday. to the point where we don't start MLB with the, the A's every, every I, morning. I, I promise, the most interesting I'll tell you what. It's insane. When they lose a game, 
It'll be the headline. It'll be the headline, but then when they lose after that, it will not be. Okay. All right. Braves are at the Tigers. Spencer Strider looking to bounce back from a terrible performance. His last time out, he will oppose Reese Olsen for the Tigers. Atlanta minus 267. The Braves, who blew a lead against the Tigers last night, losing in 10 innings. Six to five. They had a lead, a comfortable lead. They gave up three runs in the bottom of the ninth inning. Never a good sign when uh, your bullpen gives up trace runs in the bottom of the ninth inning and you lose the game in 10 innings. So the Braves looking for a little bounce back. Spencer Strider looking for a little bit of a bounce back. Just feels like a nice recipe for success. Blue Jays are at the Orioles. Chris Bassett gets the start. Dean Kramer goes for Baltimore. Toronto is minus 140 total of eight and a half. Chris Bassett's got some really nice home road splits at home this year. A 2.18 ERA opponents batting average 131. But he's pitching on the road today. Yeah. That's why we look now at his road splits. You see, like you guys are just following along. It's yeah. like incredible. 4.43 ERA and opponents batting 253 against him. And the Orioles are 61 games out of first place. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's not this year. Never mind. Never mind. So uh, you look at the home road splits, obviously a much better pitcher uh, at home here in Baltimore might be a fade spot for Chris Bassett. The Rockies who beat the Red Sox last night. Yeah. The Sunday night fade came through. The Sunday night fade now is six and two. And we have to add the Rockies, who went into that game as uh, pretty big underdogs at plus 190. You're now up 5.9 units if you just faded the Sunday night travel teams. And that wasn't even a big travel. New York to Boston is not a big travel. And I didn't want to bet on the Rockies. All I wanted to do was just play the under 10 which came in even though they went into extra innings. Still the under 10 hit, so I was happy about that. Red Sox looking to pick up a win here tonight with Cutter Crawford. Great name for a pitcher, Cutter. Cutter Crawford on the mound. Chase Anderson will go for the Rockies. Boston is minus 240. The Subway Series will begin in Queens. Mets hosting the Yankees. Luis Severino gets the start for the Yankees. Max Scherzer going for the Mets. This is a matchup of two guys who don't know how to pitch without using sticky rosin. The Mets are minus 145. Can they have a gentleman to just let it be allowed? Well, and that's the case. I go under and probably favor the Mets. I would I would agree. Yeah, yeah just let it happen. But, but what is the story? Like Matt Church is one of the greatest pitchers of all time. Is people he said no? He, people said he cheated. I saw the video I didn't think he cheated. What is the sticky rosin? What is he doing that other people aren't doing it's allegedly? Just, it's just sweat and rosin, which is legal. That's that's, that's my. But computer. you can't you can't use too much of it. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Like if your hands and like Severino too. Severino the same thing. And they were like, your hands are too sticky. And he's like, what? He's like, I'll wash them for you. <laughs> like nothing. Like there's nothing on here. Uh, but Scherzer did not uh, look good in his last start against Atlanta. Got roughed up for. Five runs on 11 hits. And Luis Severino, who had as horrific of a first inning as you could have against the Dodgers uh, earlier this month, had another bad start the following start against the White Sox. So, honestly, I can't trust either of these pitchers. Let them cheat. (laughs) Give me the over. Uh, Brewers at the Twins. Corbin Burns goes for Milwaukee. Pablo Lopez 
for Minnesota. Minnesota is minus 115, low total of 7.5. And And this one I understand. These two pitchers are good. Uh, The Giants are at the Cardinals. Alex Cobb going for St. Louis. uh, Excuse me, for San Francisco. Jack Flaherty going for St. Louis. It's an even spread total of 8.5. Jaime Berea gets the start for the Angels. The Rangers haven't announced who their opener is going to be. It'll likely be a bullpen day. Will it be a person who could get Shohei Otani out? Probably not. I don't think so. Yeah. Seems really good at sports. Texas is minus 140. The Pirates are at the Cubs. Luis Ortiz starts for Pittsburgh. Jameson Tyone, the former Pirate for the Cubbies. Chicago is minus 140. Does Tyone get, you know, a little juiced up to play against his former team? Uh, I don't know. I don't know that it really matters. Dude's got a 7.02 ERA. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Williamson will start for the Reds at the Royals. And Jordan Lyles, who is 0-10 with a 6.84 ERA. Kansas City is still favored for some reason. Minus 115. Again, I will repeat the stat that I repeat every time Jordan Lyles pitches. The Royals have lost every (laughs) single game he has stepped foot on the mound. In history. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I mean, sooner or later you would think the guy gets off the schneid, but I don't want to be the one to bet on it. The Royals just aren't very good at winning baseball games, it seems. I mean, all this talk about the Oakland A's, like the Kansas City Royals are They're sneaky bad. Are they worse? They have the same amount of wins, 18 wins. Okay. Yeah, maybe you're right. Wow. Yeah, the A's are eight, up. the A's yeah. are eighteen and fifty. The Royals are eighteen and forty-eight. Wow. I mean, the, the Royals stink. Yeah. The Nationals are at the Astros. It's Patrick Corbin Day for the Nats. Hunter Brown goes for the Strohs. Houston is minus two sixty-seven. Edward Cabrera pitches for the Marlins in Seattle against the Mariners. George Kirby going for the Mariners. Seattle is minus one fifty-five. Phillies will send Zach Wheeler to the mound in Arizona against the Diamondbacks. Zach Davies gets the start for Arizona. Philly is minus 140. These two teams played a real exciting game last night as the Diamondbacks won 9-8. And JT Realmuto became the 17th uh, catcher in baseball history to hit for the cycle. So congratulations, Realmuto. He's the real Muto, not the fake Muto. Yeah. JT is the real. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> AJ is the real guardians take on the Padres. Joe Musgrove goes for San Diego and uh, Tanner Beebe gets the start for the Cleveland guardians, San Diego minus minus one seventy, total of seven and a half. And the white Sox are at the Dodgers. Lance Lynn on the Hill for shy town, Tony Gonsolin for the Dodgers. LA's minus two ten, total of nine Gonsolin three and one this year with a 2.21 ERA, a .98 whip. Did give up three runs, or four runs, three of them earned in his last start against Cincinnati. But for the most part, I mean, he's been he's been pretty good since coming off the IL. He had, what, th- like, uh, three con- two consecutive scoreless starts, or a start with only one run allowed. So the three runs allowed against the Reds, eh, I think that was the Ellie De La Cruz game, possibly. Um, but this, was, this is still a, a solid pitcher. In Tony Gonsolin. So. I like when Gonsolin has, has had the season he's had, and you say, he's been pretty good. Like, Tony Gonsolin's like, what, what the hell do I have to do for Scott Seidenberg to say I've been great this year? Be Shane McClanahan. Okay. Or Zach Gallon at home. Man, the like, bar is set high. The bar is set high. If you're not on my Cy Young list, you're just pretty good. You're not great. You're just pretty good. By the way, Zach Gallon is going to make a start at home later this week. And if he loses, your ticket's screwed. First off, he doesn't lose at home. He's going to lose. He He doesn't lose lose at home. He might lose. It's possible. 
he's playing the Guardians. Oh, yeah. And right. the Guardians can't score anything. Yeah, they have to hit the ball. And Zach Gallon at home this year has a .96 ERA. Mm. That's a 0. <laughs> 0.96? That's a 0. 0.96 ERA. Seems good. Yeah. He struck out 60 batters in 47 innings at home. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's serviceable. Yeah, six and zero in he's, seven. Home not starts. quite Tony Gonsolin, but he's pretty good. He's the best. <laughs> he's the best home pitcher in baseball. So that that that'll be on Friday. We'll have plenty of time to talk about Zach Allen and the Arizona Diamondbacks. But that's your Major League board coming up here for tonight. Uh, if you want to get your hands on a best bet, and I we got some for the NHL Stanley Cup Final. We got some for Major League Baseball. Uh, the NBA season is over. Mackenzie, you may now rest. <laughs> and actually, another season of domination for my boy Mac. Yep, just continues to just continues to pick out the winners. But you know what? Why Show me you, someone better. Yeah, show why, me. Why I dare you? Oh, you mean like a hundred percent winning percentage? That's pretty good. Like that, a, that would be strong. Like Scott Seidenberg, hundred percent in the NBA. Wow. Two games, never lost. Wow. <laughs> All right. Hey, hey. And your second winner, Heat first quarter, gave out right here. Credit on the where show. it's due. Right here on the show. If you listen to the show yesterday morning. You got the winner. I guess you're an expert. No, I'm saying we all constructed that together. That is true. On the show. And it was just too good that we had to, we just had to play it. You know, it was like when the three of us, when the three of us come together on a play. We're like Voltron. We have to play. There's a lot of listeners that are way too young that have no idea what you're talking about, AJ. Okay. Power Rangers, they understand. (laughs) But Yeah, I guess the Power Rangers. What was that called? Megazord? Yeah, right? It was the Megazord? I think yeah. so. That's like, that's their Voltron. Okay. Well, we're like Megazord. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Voltron is for a much older generation. Uh, the younger ones grew up with Power Rangers. Okay. okay. All right. I'm fine with either. You, We, we could be either. Depend- yeah. I'm not here to, I'm not an ageist like Scott. I'm just, uh, I'm just, I want old listeners and young listeners. Well, I'm just stating the obvious. There's people out there that have no idea what you're talking but about. But there's a lot of people who know Voltron. And those people are enjoy us even more. Doesn't, like... Do cartoons age out? No. Like everybody knows Yogi Bear, right? And Yogi Bear is like a million oh, I don't years think, old. Listen, Still I don't think basket. I don't think a lot of the younger generation knows who Yogi Bear is. What? Did you so have like, like? Was that the former Yankees catcher? Did you have like Looney Tunes come on at like Saturday morning? Like fifty-year-old cartoons I would yeah. watch all the time. Absolutely, they were on. Yeah. Pink you Panther, know? Popeye. Yeah. I was but you know what's that. crazy? Yeah, you know what's crazy is like when we were growing up watching Looney Tunes from like the fifties and sixties. That would be like kids now. Growing Rugrats. up, watch, yeah, exactly. Watching <laughs> no like, watching like Bobby's World, you know. <laughs> Shout out Howie Mandel. My son thinks Ren and Stimpy is like a classic cartoon. It is right? a great. Piece it of is. Cinema. It is good stuff. But you yeah. idiot! <laughs> if you want a free bet, use the promo code CFL25 at pregame.com. If you haven't done so already, because maybe you were like scared off, you're like, I don't bet the CFL. Why do I care? But here's it's all green. Here's what we're doing for you. Okay. Now this is Mackenzie talked me into this. Okay. If you just use the promo code CFL25, you can use it for any best bet. Doesn't have to be Canadian football. So if you were scared off. So Stanley Cup finals tonight? Yeah, absolutely. If you were scared off because you said they're giving out a Canadian football league promo code, I'm not going to bet the CFL. I don't know who the Alouettes are. So I don't care about CFL25. You care about CLV25. But CFL25, that's a free best bet. If you sign up at pregame.com and you're already a member, use the promo code CFL25 at checkout. Bang. Free best bet. 
If you're not a member of pregame.com, sign up for free. Get your free $25 for signing up, and then you can use the promo code CFL25. Now you got not one, but two best bets to use at pregame.com. We're just giving out best bets left and right and center. Very generous of you. Here for pregame.com. For Mackenzie Rivers and AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas. AM, go Knights, go! Nice, go.